Welcome to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. I'm your host, Brian Montez, founder of Scalosity Works and the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching and membership community. So congratulations is in order. If you've built a successful freelance business that has grown to the point where you need to hire, then you have achieved a huge milestone. And if you're already past the point of making your first hire and your team is now growing, well, congratulations is in order to you as well. So regardless of where you are with scaling your team and your business, whether you're at employee number one or employee number 100, this podcast focuses on everything related to people operations. We'll cover best practices, strategies, and solutions to help you build a sustainable and scalable business that is fueled by great people and a great culture. So if you're enjoying listening to this Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, please subscribe, give us a like, and give us a review. Your feedback will help us grow this podcast, and we'll be able to positively impact more employers to help them build better work environments. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Proactive HR Podcast by Scalosity Works. I am your host, Brian Montez, founder of Scalosity Works. Our mission is to help build better work environments and make sure that Mondays don't suck. So our Proactive HR Podcast focuses on everything related to people operations. We'll cover best practices, strategies, and solutions to help you build a sustainable and scalable business that is fueled by great people and a great culture. Now, on to today's topic. So today we are going to talk about the six HR questions that every business owner should be able to answer. Not being able to answer these may mean that you don't have your HR operations, your people operations buttoned up. There may be some voids, some issues in in your business um, that if they go unaddressed too long could cause you problems in the short term and long term as well. So let's get on to those six questions. All right. The first question is, Do I have every one of my employees properly classified? This continues to be an issue uh, throughout everywhere in the U.S. doesn't matter what state you're working in. There are both state and federal guidelines about who is an independent contractor and who is not. At the end of the day, it is getting harder and harder to successfully classify employees, team members, whatever you want to call them, as independent contractors. More and more, they are truly going to be employees and not independent contractors, whether you do utilize the federal test, whether you, whether you utilize California state test or another state test, nine times out of 10, they really do get classified as employees. So making sure that you have properly classified your independent contract contractors and employees is a question that you need to be able to answer. Tantamount to that is the other question that you need to ask yourself regarding classification. Do I have my employees properly classified between exempt and non-exempt? Right, That exempt employee has to make a certain amount of money per year and also has to pass a Part B test. Right, It's not just about the amount of money they make. There are other requirements, non-monetary, that are related to that test. So while you may be paying an employee a salary-exempt wage, they may they truly may not be able to be classified as salary exempt, and therefore you've classified them incorrectly. So it's very important to understand what is the definition of salary exempt and apply that to that particular job description and the position of what they do. And on that note, it's not good enough to just have the job description meet the the burden of being a salary exempt employee. They actually have to do the job day in and day out. If the job description and what the team member does day in and day out, do not match up, then you will have a problem with that classification. It has to be more than just what is on paper. So definitely review your employees 
for correct classification when it comes to independent contractors, salary versus exempt salary versus non-exempt salary. You need to be answer all those questions and have clarity on your workforce and who fits into what category and make sure that you have them properly classified. The second question that every business owner or, and or executive should be able to answer about their HR operations is, do I measure my people operations with KPIs? Do I have metrics? Do I measure what I'm doing with my people operations? At the end of the day, things related to the team do have an impact on your P&L one way or another. So by not measuring them, you don't know the impact that it's having on you financially. So some of the KPIs and metrics that you should be measuring, there are recurring metrics that come when it comes to your recruiting. And this is how you know if your recruiting is working or not, right? What is my time to fill? How long does my job posting sit out there? Right? There are different KPIs that you should be tracking with your recruiting to know if your recruiting is effective or not, and also to look for trends. Some of the additional metrics that you should be tracking are things such as what is my cost to hire, right? Every time I have to go out and hire, what is my cost to do that from loss of loss of revenue from the employee being that position being vacant, from the cost to actually recruit, to the time spent to interview, go through whatever pro your process is, right? Those are all expenses and that you should be able to track and have on your financial statements. Some additional metrics that you may want to look at is how long are we holding on to our team members, right? What is our, what is our length of engagement, right? What does our attrition look like? What are our training costs? These are all items that you can be tracking from a financial perspective that tie to your people operations. And if you start tracking these metrics, you will start to see trends. You will know what's working, what's not working. And then you establish a baseline and then you can work to improve from there. The third question that you should be able to answer is what applicable laws apply to my business? You know, it's very common now that you have to deal with not just federal law and then your state law, but you may also have to deal with county, city, local municipality, right? In the state of California, we have minimum wage set by the state. Then you also get cities and municipalities that legislate their own minimum wage different from the state. And of course, it's always going to be higher than the state, right? The state sets the minimum. Cities and municipalities have the, have the right to make the minimum wage in their jurisdiction higher if they choose to do so. So be very careful when looking at your minimum wage requirements and making sure that you are not working in a city or running your business in a city that requires a higher minimum wage than what the state requires. A good example is city of Los Angeles. City of Los Angeles has a higher minimum wage than the state of California. So if you are operating your business within the state of or within the city of Los Angeles, sometimes it does feel like its own state, but if you are operating your business in the city of Los Angeles, your minimum wage requirements are going to be different than the state. Also keep in mind if you have a distributed team where some of your team members may be working in the city of LA or a different city that has a different minimum wage, you need to evaluate whether or not that particular employee is going to fall under the laws of the city that they're physically working in. So make sure that you take a look at any distributed team members that you might have and what city they're physically working in, where are they domiciled at, where are they spending a majority of their time. The next question that you should be able to answer yourself, that you should be able to answer related to your HR operations is, do I deal with employee issues 
in a timely manner. There is nothing worse than allowing, let's face it, at the end of the day, issues and challenges and problems are going to come up. That is just life. We're all human. Things happen. So how you handle that and how you respond to that makes all the difference in the world. So allowing a problem to fester, allowing a performance issue or a violation of a policy or attendance issues, whatever the issue may be, allowing those issues to develop and fester and go unaddressed are going to create a couple of problems. One, <laughs> the rest of the team may very well feel that, uh, you know, that what they're doing doesn't matter because everything, everybody is not being held to the same standard. So there will be some resentment that will develop if one team member is allowed to do something or get away with something or have extra gratitude or not gratitude, grace, right? If they're able to get special permission for something um, or, get, or get away with something that other employees aren't able to, that will create resentment. Number two, it just sets a bad tone in policy. Because if you do have policies in place and you're not enforcing them, then what good are those policies? Why even have them if you're not going to enforce them? So it is critical that you evaluate your how you handle and how you respond to problems and issues when they arise with your employees. At the end of the day, you should be have the mindset that as a problem arises, you're dealing with it in almost real time. If more than a day or two goes by before you sit down and address that issue, it's too late. Those issues need to be addressed in timely manner and, you know, as quickly as possible to the actual occurrence of the situation. And again, if you don't, then everything that's written on paper, any policies, procedures, employee handbooks, whatever you have written, not going to be as valid. The team is going to look at it and go, well, why do we even have this, these policies in writing if we don't enforce them? Okay. The next question that you should be able to answer is, have I structured my compensation and my benefits to be competitive? Especially in, in the market that we're seeing today where people are having more opportunity to change jobs and find new career paths, it is critical that you have a compensation structure that is very competitive. And there's software out there that you can use to analyze compensation packages and pay rates. And that's something that we often do for our clients, right? We're able to take a look by industry, by zip code, uh, by uh, position type, and we can drill down to help develop compensation packages that are competitive. By pulling together data to look at what the fair market value for that position is, you can then start to craft your strategy. So you use the data for compensation to craft your strategy. Where do you want to be in terms of pay? Do you want to be in the 75th percentile? Do you want to go right up to the 100th percentile? Do you want to go over the 100th percentile and be hyper-competitive, right? So developing that strategy requires getting the baseline, getting the data, and then building your strategy from there. But being able to answer, do I pay competitively? Do I watch the markets? Do I evolve with the markets over time? Am I looking at this on a regular basis is very important because if you don't, you will start to see attrition tied directly to compensation. And the next big question that you should ask yourself is, is my organizational culture healthy? Is this the organizational culture that we want? Is it what I set out to, to build and design or have we gotten off track? And a lot of times your team will tell you, they will give you feedback about the culture and what's going on. And of course there are always other indicators such as high attrition, 
low morale, low productivity, all of those things will also give you indications that culture is an issue. But you need to take a step back and really ask the question, is my organizational culture the best it can be? And if not, what can I do to improve it? And at the end of the day, it's never going to be the best it can be because we can always improve our organizational culture. There's always room to grow and evolve it. Organizational culture is not a static component of your business. It is an ever-evolving, ever-developing aspect of your business. And it does require constant attention, constant nurturing, and requires that the team pay attention to what's going on and make sure that you are constantly working to evolve that culture. So make sure you understand and that the team understands that culture is fluid. It's not stagnant. It's going to move. It's going to progress and it's going to continue to develop. And what I can tell you is that if you do not pay attention to culture and you do not make it a priority to manage, then it will manage itself and the culture will take on a life of its own and probably not the life that you want it to take on. So focus on organizational culture and asking yourself, is this the type of culture that is going to get us to the next level? Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's information and take a hard look and step back and see, can I truly answer those six questions? And if I can't, take some time to really think about those questions and how you would start answering them. And be honest, if you can't answer them or it's not the answer that you need to have in order to move forward, then that is an area that you will need to sit down and start addressing from a people operations HR standpoint. It will only make your business better. So thank you for taking the time to listen to the Proactive HR Podcast by Scalosity Works. If you're looking for a new HR or payroll solution, we'd love to hear from you and see how we can help. And if you like the information presented today, please do me a favor, rate and comment on the Proactive HR Podcast. This will help us earn new listeners, which allows us to help more businesses and ultimately positively impact more people's lives. So until next time, keep building that better work environment. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast today. We have a free resource for you. Download our free workbook with the 18 questions that a transitioning entrepreneur to employer needs to ask and answer before making that first hire. The link to your free resource is in the show notes. And last but not least, subscribe to this podcast and give us a review. The more we grow this entrepreneur to employer community, the more we can make sure that Mondays, or any day of the week for that matter, don't suck.